Hello and welcome to Stories from Another Day, a Collingwood Museum podcast. I'm your host, Ken Mahar, and together we're on a journey through history to uncover the stories of the people and the events that make our town of Collingwood the amazing place it is today. This is episode number 21, and today's story is Operators Are Standing By Until 4 p.m. Collingwood Switchboard, how may I help you? Oh, good. You're still there, Margaret. This is Mary. Could you put me through to Dr. Stephen, please? Do you have his number? Number? Oh, yes, we're doing that now. I I forgot. I I don't have it here. The woman's voice was all of a dither. Sensing the other's disquiet, the calming voice on the other end of the line reassured her with a kindly, That's fine, Mary. I'll put you through. After several moments that stretched into an uncomfortable quiet, the operator came back on the line. I'm sorry, Mary, there is no answer at the doctor's residence, and the switchboard is closing for the day. There was a brief pause, and then... Is there something wrong? The question unleashed a flood of tears and words. It's little William. He's not eating or drinking, he has a fever and a rash, and he's crying and crying, and I just don't know what else to do. Mary, broke in the other woman's compassionate but commanding voice, everything is going to be just fine. Here's what we'll do. You send Doris over to the doctor's home. She's old enough to know where it is. I'll stay here, and I'll keep trying to reach him, and when I do, I'll call you back and let you know. You could feel the tension leave Mary's voice. Thank you, Margaret. Uh, Mr. Carpenter doesn't pay you enough. The telephone first came to Collingwood in 1886, less than ten years after its invention. E.R. Carpenter was appointed the agent, and the switchboard was located in the rear of his drugstore. In Barbara Arp's book, Reflections, we have a fascinating poetical directory of the 1870s, and it once described Mr. Carpenter's drugstore as follows. His walls are transparent with glittering jars, like firmament luster in flittering stars, abounds with three kingdoms in package and flask, Barrels and boxes, jugs, bottle and cask, paints, dye stuffs and varnish, and essence in glass, the all healing balsam, some total is mass, all useful, all precious, all brought from afar, on water by shipping, on land by the car, ales, porters and whiskies, and spirits of wine. Pure rum, gin, and brandy, and all in that line. Keeps oils, the essentials of sweetest perfumes, 
stamped paper most lovely and splendid for rooms, books, music, and papers, and thousand things more. He daily is selling in town at his store, is also compounding in chemical skill and the faculty writing acknowledge his skill. Now, I'm not sure that that poetical directory was ever updated, but if it had been modernized to include the telephone system, how might that have gone? Well, if you'll indulge me. A mysterious contraption all a mess of bright wires with deft hand and skill fulfills all your desires to speak across town while at home you retire. An interesting addition, a wondrous oddity, but really for most people the telephone was just an afterthought, tucked away in the back of an otherwise very busy store, a bright toy for the rich and the bored, a passing fad like stereoscopes or headless photography. Seriously, you should look that last one up. The first switchboard used here in Collingwood was the Gilliland, named after the inventor Ezra Gilliland, a close friend and partner of Thomas Edison. Some 40 subscribers, mostly businesses and professionals, were listed for Collingwood in the 1886 directory. Among the early adopters was the Grand Central Hotel, which of course was remembered for accommodating Lord and Lady Stanley when they... But that's a story for another day. On this day, we're less concerned with the guests of the hotel than with the hotel's telephone, which was the Blake Magneto wall set. This was the first standard telephone of the Bell Telephone Company of Canada, and these sets were made of three linked boxes. The top box contained the magneto generator, which the caller cranked to ring the central switchboard. The middle box contained the mouthpiece for the transmitter, and the lower box contained a wet battery, which supplied all the necessary electrical current. Telephone numbers here in town were only first used in 1897. For the first decade of telephones here in town, subscribers were asked for by name only. And what's more, round-the-clock, continuous phone service? Well, that would only come into being in 1901. Before that time, you could only call someone between the hours of 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. on weekdays, 2 to 4 on Sunday, and 10 to 12 and 2 to 4 on holidays. And long-distance calling? It didn't exist, at least not until the first direct phone line to Toronto was finally brought to Collingwood in 1905. Mr. E.R. Carpenter was replaced by uh, W.H. Gregory as the telephone agent on November the 1st, 1903, and the 100th 
telephone was installed in Collingwood that very same year. This in a town of around 5,000 people at the time. It was beginning by then to seem that this telephone machine might just have some legs. And yet, it still wouldn't be until between 1918 and 1919 when it became obvious that the telephone business was more than just a passing fad. That was when the Bell Telephone Company of Canada would build their two-story brick building at 150 Huron-Ontario Street. It's still there today. This building, at the time, housed the operating switchboards, the offices, and a storeroom. Service trucks were a familiar sight parked at the building's rear on 3rd Street. Well, that building was sold in 1966 when the Bell offices moved further north along here Ontario Street, and the Dial office was constructed on 5th Street. So in researching this episode, I learned some fascinating details of the earliest history of telephones. For instance, did you know that the very first wires that were used to carry the signals were made out of iron? And these were only replaced by the copper wires that we know right around the time that the telephone and the telephone lines made their way here into Collingwood. And part of the selling point of the copper wires was that it would guarantee a satisfactory conversation all the way from Buffalo to Owen Sound if anyone ever required to use a line of that length. The telephone offices and telephone operators were also one of the first employment opportunities outside of the house for many women at the turn of the century. And the earliest days of the Bell Telephone Company here in Collingwood is replete with the names of women who served in the positions. There's Miss Black and Miss Harding and Miss Milligan and Miss Marjorie Wilson, whose story is actually quite fascinating in and of itself. You see, she worked at Bell Telephone through the period of time of the Spanish flu. And so many uh, businesses were hit with the illnesses and so many people were out of work that she tells us for a time, Mr. Smith, the local manager, had to actually join the ladies in serving in the switch room, much to the joy and amusement of the staff who watched him have to learn what they had to do day in and day out. Now, Marjorie herself ended up getting sick with the flu, and her first day back to work in the telephone office just so happened to be November 11th, 1918. And she recounts how by noon all the circuits were just completely overrun, 
and staff was leaving to go out and join the victory parade that was happening downtown. And basically, the telephone service that day just stopped working. But nobody cared because the war was over. Well, what about you and telephones? What memories do you have? Maybe it's using one of those old rotary dial phones and watching your children or grandchildren trying to struggle in figuring out how it works. Maybe you're old enough that you can remember a time when people still had party lines and you had to count the number and the types of rings to know whether you should be picking up or leaving it be. Do you have a favorite telephone story? Do you have a favorite memory connected to something uh, that you shared or did on the phone? One of my earliest memories with the old rotary dial phone was when my best friend called me after school to tell me that someone had tried to assassinate President Reagan. Uh, That was big news that day, and it was the first time I had received a phone call directly. We would love to hear your telephone-related stories. So if you'd like to share, why not send us an email to museum at collingwood.ca, or you can go to our podcast home at anchor.fm forward slash Stories and leave us a message there. And on a final note, We'd like to let everyone know that it is National Volunteer Week from April the 24th to April 30th, and everyone at the Collingwood Museum would like to send a great big thank you, first to the Museum Advisory Committee and to all of those who have volunteered to assist at the museum, both past and present those who have given their time, their energy, and their enthusiasm in promoting Collingwood's amazing history. I myself have volunteered some seven years or so now, and I can tell you firsthand, it has been a distinct pleasure getting to know so many wonderful people who have given of their time uh, in support of the museum. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you once again for listening, and join us again for more stories from another day.